I'm going to wrap up this morning our teaching on home. And uh, next week we're going to kick off a brand new series called Rolls. And uh, not cinnamon rolls. <laughs> yeast rolls. Uh, no. Uh, but very, very important teaching. And uh, we're all going to benefit greatly from that. Um, we want to talk about home, though, this morning. Again, this will be kind of a wrap-up. How many of you know that this world is not our home? Amen. Heaven is home. I said heaven is home. Amen. I'm looking forward to heaven. Amen. Well, let's don't rush this deal. Okay? Um, and this world that is not our home is feeling less and less like home. We're feeling more and more uh, unwelcome in a lot of ways. But our citizenship, if we are believers in Jesus, Christians, followers of Jesus, our citizenship is in heaven. And I want to make a big deal about this today. While we're here, we are to carry ourselves as citizens of heaven. And there should be a difference in us. We should not be the ones, I can't wait to get out of here and gripe and complain about the world. Uh, We're going to look at some things this morning that I think are going to greatly affect why we're here and how that is to affect us. And again, our citizenship is there. But while we're here, we need to carry and conduct ourselves as citizens of heaven. Can I get an amen? And we should, as they say, represent. We should represent. And I'm going to date myself here at this point. The young people today, the youngsters, say represent. Everybody say represent. represent. That was very country, okay? Uh, got a little, a little accent on scent on the last part, okay? So let's, let's try one more time. Represent. represent. All right, all right, well, still, it's good. It's really good. Um, and I just want to make sure I was using the word right and I, you know, uh, so I went and looked up some urban slang and some streetwise lingo here. So represent means to be a good example to others of your group or your position. So as citizens of heaven, while we're still here on earth, we should represent the kingdom of God. Amen. Well, I looked up some other words too. Um, cray cray. It means really, really crazy. And totes cray cray means totally crazy and then swag everybody needs to have some swag has to do with your appearance your style your confidence kind of the way you present yourself yolo you only live once i like this next one smexy it means smart and sexy how how many of y'all feeling a little smexy this morning come on Add that in with your swag, all right? And then another one I just found out, February. That's what this month, and it's just another month for guys to be manly and grow a beard and hang out on the couch or whatever, so. But I need to let you know that there's some words that are no longer cool, okay? Um, and, And first of all, let me say this, that cool is the standard. You need to know that. And cool will always be cool. But here's a couple of words. These, these are apparently out. Okay. Legit is out. Tubular is out. Gnarly is out. Radical is out. And this will break, this especially broke some of the hearts of first service. Peachy keen 
is, is out, okay? But our goal is we want to represent. We want to represent. Now, let's look at a couple, a, a couple of things here. While we are here, we need to understand that we have great purpose. Everybody say great purpose. And that purpose is the Missio Dei. It's the mission of God, which is that through his promise, all the nations of the world would be blessed, which means this. He wants his love. God wants his love and his salvation to be made available to every person on this planet. So while this is not home, we are here and we have a great purpose. And part of the reason, the main reason that we're here, our purpose, this great purpose is to help make known the goodness, the love, the salvation of our God. Secondly is, I just lost my place there, provision. We have full provision. Everything that we need for life and for godliness. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. And I believe this, that the more that we focus in on helping and being a part of God's great purpose for us, we're going to see that full provision also in our life. God will take care. If you're about his business, he'll be about your business. You take care of his house, he'll take care of your house. You, you be interested in what he's interested in, and I'll tell you what, your interests will change, and he can totally be involved in what, in what you're involved in. Amen? So we've got a great purpose. We've got full provision, and we have a heavenly Father. Anybody thankful for your heavenly Father? Now, he's still in heaven. Jesus is seated at his right hand, and the Holy Spirit is here with us, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that as, as we go along today. But it's so uh, uh, amazingly, vitally important that you understand I have a heavenly father. Everybody say, I have a heavenly father. If you lose track of that, you're going to worry. As a matter of fact, Jesus said in strong, strong terms, don't worry. And the antidote for worry, as, we, as we've discussed on numerous times, is the awareness that I have a heavenly father. And my heavenly father will take care of me. Go ahead and say that. My heavenly father will take care of me. Okay, can I get anybody here to witness to that fact that your Heavenly Father take, take care of you? Right, hallelujah. And he'll take care of us and he takes care. Think about this. Our Heavenly Father takes care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. And I know I've told you about squirrels before, but he takes care of them too. <laughs> Yesterday morning early, I was, I was on a, a bike ride. I was riding my, my bike around our neighborhood a number of times and, and uh, squirrels were out all over the place. I mean, I'm amazed. There are more squirrels in my neighborhood than people in Florida. <laughs> and they're just everywhere. And they're just eating. They're just doing all their stuff. And, you know, they, they must have really guilty consciences or something, you know, because you, you're kind of quiet on a bike. And as soon as I get close to them, they're, they're, you know, and they just take off. And this one is right by the edge of the road. And I thought, oh, no, you know. And then he saw me and he's got something he didn't want to let go. And he, he just... And then finally, he went, he went the right way. And it's like, shh. Well, while I'm riding, actually, this was down near Pastor John's house. Um, I'm riding along on my bike, and there's a, a mouse in the road. And he, well, he met his demise the night before. And I don't know what, but he's dead. And I'm, I'm 53 years old, but I'm still a boy. So I circled him about three times. I just, just wanted to see that, you know. And then I went a little further in the neighborhood and I got, got on down by this other house and there's another mouse who's met his demise in the road. And I thought, no wonder they're cousins to squirrels, you know. <laughs> but I circled him once or twice too. 
And then I'm riding along and I'm praying and I'm singing and, and, and then I get back around and go, oh yeah, I can see the mouse again. Cause the boy, and when I got there, this, this is going to freak y'all out. He's gone. <laughs> and when I got the other one, he's gone. Do you know why? Food chain. <laughs> Food chain. So some happy bird or cat or hungry neighbor or I, 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 I But how many of you know God, God can take care of his own? So we got great purpose, full provision, heavenly father, and then the family, the family of God. And I'll tell you what, I'm really happy to be in the family of God. Can I, can I get an amen? We're, we're better together. Now, I mean, you're awesome by yourself, but let me just tell you, we're, we're better. We're better together. All these things uh, concerned and connected as well. Let me do something for you real, real quick here because I want to show how we relate. Now, keep the big picture. Heaven's our home. We're here on earth. We've got this great purpose. God will take care of us. Full provision. We've got a heavenly father. We're in the family of God. We've got to know how to relate to a couple of those things because ultimately we're going to be salt and we're going to be light and we've got to be sugar. But let me tell you, you're not going to have anything to give. You're not going to have, you're going to have anything to share. You're not going to have any strength to do if you're not connected right with your heavenly father and with the family of God. So the first thing, and we looked at this some last week is alone. Everybody say alone. And this is your alone time with God and solitude. And we believe this around here. Solitude is full of God. And something happens when you get alone with your heavenly father, be it early in the morning or however that works for you. For me, it's early in the morning to be alone with my heavenly father and, and to hear from him and to worship him and, and just to get focused on him and to read his word and, and to pray that that is so valuable, so meaningful to your life. You've got, you've got to have that happen. And solitude is full of God. And not every morning is it like, oh, you know, there's some mornings it's like more caffeine, you know, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you those times are just not optional. It's just not negotiable. You've got to have that time alone with your heavenly father, because this is what keeps you centered. This is what gets you, uh, that holy reset, that this is how God works in your life in a wonderful way. And if you're not doing that, I would push you in every way that I can to make sure that you are getting alone time with God. Because I find this, that people that are never alone and never get alone with God, they really don't have anything to offer other people. And then we have all together. Everybody say all together. And all together, it's the family of God. Hebrews says, don't forsake the assembling of yourself. In the Greek, it actually means the complete collection. And, and it's reference to this. Look around you. Look, look at this. It, it's us all together. And this is happening all over the world today. That's why I say Sunday's the greatest day on the planet, because the body of Christ is getting together just all over the world. And they're getting charged up and they're getting reminded and they're getting refreshed and, and people are being added to the family of God. It's just a, an incredible thing. So lift up your eyes beyond just what's going on here. And this is so exciting what God is doing here. But God's doing things all over the world in just an unbelievable way. Amen. And he said, don't forsake. Make sure that the manner, the habit, the pattern of your life, non-negotiable, not optional, that you make sure that you are getting together with 
Everybody, all together. Church days do, in fact, affect the rest of our days. And then there is together. Everybody say together. And what together does, we've got to have relationships. We've got to have relationships. You've got to have some people because, listen, and I shared this with you at the close of service last week. There's something in every one of us. God has wired us this way that we, we need to know and be known. We need to love and we need to be loved. And we need to serve and we need to be served. And that happens in the context of relationship and real life change. Hear me, church. Life change happens in the context of relationship. And what relationships do, and we're, we're right now launching in the, in, the, in the month of March, we're launching small groups so that we can have this, this happening within us. Because life change happens in the context of relationship. Hear me. It, it takes us past waving at each other in the parking lot and smiling at each other in the, in the hallway. And then from time to time, hey, greet your neighbor. And so we greet our neighbor, but I'm telling you what, that doesn't help me to know and be known, love and be loved, serve and be served. That's, that's another thing that happens. So it needs to happen in this, in this context of small groups. And we're launching, folks, we're launching 110 groups in the month of March. And what you need to do, listen, well, let, me just, let me just real quick just tell you how this works too. They're all over the clock and they're all over the map. And so there are times and places just all over the place so that you can get in and you can get connected with six, eight, ten, ten people or so. And all kinds of topics, all kinds of things. There are some uniform things that will happen in every group so that we make sure that the real value of these things are happening. You can go online on the homepage of, of our, our website down in the center in the bottom. Right there are small groups. You can click there. Everything you need to know is there. They've made it so easy for this to happen. You say, well, I don't have a computer. I'm not online or whatever. Guest Services is prepared to help you in any way that they can. And go ahead and get signed up for those. And I'm telling you what, we're doing this as a family and everybody, everybody get involved in this if at all possible. And I'm telling you what, this kind of thing will happen because look, look, what, look what happens here. This right here, what happens when you're alone with God, y'all with me? What happens when you're alone with God? Something happens there that does not, will not, cannot happen in any other setting. There is no substitute for your alone time with God. And then when we come all together, we say it all the time. I just said it a minute ago, church days affect the rest of your days. Listen, something happens in this time that does not, cannot, will not happen in any other setting. There's no substitute for it. But equally so is together. Something happens. Something happens. That when we come together like that with a few other people you can be in relationship with. Something happens there that cannot, does not, will not happen in any other setting. And so I want all of us to move toward this because this is part of how we relate to the family of God and our Father, our Heavenly Father, while we're still here on earth. Amen? Amen. All right. I want to shift now a little bit and point out something that's kind of obvious for you. How many of you have noticed that this world, which it's not our home, by the way, but we are here, this world is kind of on a slide Some things are getting worse and worse. There's a digression. There's fall of things. Things are getting darker. Some things are sliding. Some things are just spiraling. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, the first five verses, it says this. You should know this, Timothy. See that? See my name's in the Bible right there. You you can put your name in. 
You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times. The Amplified Bible says hard to deal with, hard to bear. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject, notice this, they will reject the power that could make them godly. I want you to just notice that, reject the power that could make them godly. With all that being said, and the slide that the world's on, first of all, I want to make a differentiation. And y'all, y'all zero in with me on this. I believe there's a difference between somebody who's a Christian, they love God, they're going to heaven, and a full-blown, all-in believer. Believer who's following Jesus. Christian. Both are Christians. Y'all with me? Both are Christians. Well, there's some that just, well, I'm going to heaven and I love Jesus. And then there's some others that are all in with his purpose and following him. And without him, I can do nothing. He is my everything. And in him, I live and I move and I have my being. And, and I cannot figure out this world and I cannot cope with this world without him. He's my everything. Are you, are you him? I believe there's a big, big difference in those. So there are too many just Christians though. And I'm nobody's judge here. Going to heaven, love Jesus, but that's about it. There are too many Christians that are sad and fretting and moping and negative and fearful and complaining. And they love to just narrate how bad the world is getting. And I think we need to move on from there. And, And this reminder may help you. For the believer... This is the most hell you'll ever have. And for the unbeliever, this is the most heaven you will ever have. So look at this. I think, everybody say, he thinks. I think, based upon what I see in scripture, based upon what I observe and have have found in life, based on what I understand about our heavenly father, based upon what I understand about his power and his resources to help, I think that we should follow this. I think that we should be strong. I think that we should be joyful and centered and creative and generous and resilient and growing and have grace in our life and peace in our life and fruit, you know, fruit like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I think there should be some hope in our life. I think we should be different than just being a Christian. I think we should certainly be different than the world. And I do not think, hear me, I do not think that we as followers of Jesus should be the people dragging our tail. I don't think we should be the people especially that are tucking our tail. Y'all hear me? It's like Alicia's little dog. I mean, our, our dog. Our, our precious puppy. I just say this with all love and affection. He has some issues. 
And um, sometimes I'll just, he's, he's got it made, you know, but sometimes I'll walk in the room where we keep him and, and I don't know what the deal is, but he's just all tail tucked in and it's like he's got shame on him. He's just, Well, you're laughing at our dog, but uh, I see Christians like that. Well, the world is just so. And I think we need to snap out of it. And realize that that's, that does not even resemble somebody who understands my home is in heaven. My citizenship is in heaven. I am conducting and carrying myself as an ambassador through this planet. I'm on a mission. I'm here with great purpose. I have full provision. I have a heavenly father and I am in an incredible family, the family of God. I think it's quite different. And, and don't for a moment in, in that list of, of things that think that you have to project perfection. Because if you ever do, nobody believes you. You can't, we're going through the same things as, as people around us. Hey, I'm the pastor. I've got problems. I've got issues. I have things that, that we face. And I, I have a whole nother set of things by virtue of being a pastor. But I'm telling you what, I feel strong and joyful and, and happy and creative and resilient and generous. I, I feel those things because I understand that connection. We're just here. We're just here, but, but God is with us. And he will help us. So I pray that perks us all up. You still there? All right, I'm going to draw you a picture. How many of you love it when I draw? Yeah, yeah, sure you do. And afterwards, I'll sign this and we'll auction it off. Okay, we did this for you a couple weeks ago. This is what? It's the earth, obviously. And then we have this. What's that? It is not an egg. This is earth and this is the first heaven. This is the atmosphere. This is the atmosphere that's around us. It's referred to as a heaven. And then we see from scripture that there's spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. And that'd be like a second heaven. And then there's a third heaven, which is home. And I draw that as a square because as we looked, it's, it's the new Jerusalem. It's the holy city. And one day in the future, uh, the new Jerusalem, the holy city, the city four square will come down from God out of heaven to a new earth and a new heaven that have been fully renovated in an incredible way. We talked about that and I'd, I'd love to talk about that more. This will descend at that, at that point. And that's, there's a bunch of stuff to happen before that happens. But you know what? You need to get your reservations in so you're plugged in here, okay? All right. Now, Jesus descended from heaven and follow me on this. And when he descended and came to earth, he put on the form of a servant. He became God in flesh. He looked like you. He looked, he looked like me and he walked this earth and he lived a sinless life. He taught the greatest things that have ever been spoken. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And he was teaching and he was preaching and he was healing and he was loving people. And he was showing people grace and he was showing people our heavenly father. 
And he did all of that ultimately so he could not just show us the Father, but so that he could go to a cross. And on that cross, he, the spotless, sinless Lamb of God, became the sacrifice for you and for me. And he, without sin, put on sin. He took all of our sin on him. Are you, are you following me? He took all and he paid the price. He was the sacrifice. He was buried and then three days later, he rose from the grave. And we'll celebrate that later in, in March. He rose from the grave and then in short order, then he ascended and went back to the Father. Before he left, he said this. He said, I'm going away, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send another comforter. And as we've looked at in, in previous teachings, another comforter means he said, I'm going to send somebody to you who is just like I am. And he will do in my absence what I would do for you if I were here present with you. And he said, that is the comforter. That is the helper. That is the Holy Spirit. And he says, and once I go away, then he can come. So Jesus left and then the promise of the father, the Holy Spirit came. And because of what Jesus did by descending, ascending, and the Holy Spirit coming. And let me say this about the Holy Spirit. Once he came, he's still here. Amen. And his banner promises this. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. When he goes, we go. Okay? So they did all of that work so that you and I could know the heavenly father and be in the family of God. So then when the day comes that you or I either die or we fly, then guess what happens with us? We ascend and we go home. And let me remind you that when we ascend, either by dying or flying the great rapture of the church, it's a quick trip. Okay. To be absent from the body is to be what? So once you're absent, you're what? You're present. Or when the rapture takes place, we'll be snatched out of here in the what? Twinkling of an eye, which is almost cannot be measured. It's, it's just so fast. So we'll be out of here. Now, Jesus said this in Luke 24, 49, he says, and now, and this is just before he ascended. He says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and he has come. So you don't need to stay in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and watch this and fills you with power from heaven, fills you with power from heaven. Do you remember earlier? We, we saw how they rejected the power that, that would have helped them. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit descends and get this, his target, his target is believers. His target is to indwell and to empower believers to bring help from heaven. Let me say this to you about the Holy Spirit and everybody listen real, real keen on this. Don't make this what this is not. We've done some teaching on, on our archives. We have a whole series called spirit. And I would encourage you to go back and, and listen or watch that again. Listen, the Holy Spirit is our comforter and our helper. And there's some people who have misrepresented the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of people that have created a whole lot of side issues about the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. The main purpose in the Holy Spirit coming is to indwell you, to give you power, and to energize your life with power from heaven. Let me just ask you the question. This is the question. Would you, or, or, let, let me rephrase it. Do you need... Some help from heaven. 
Let me ask it this way. Wouldn't you like a little help from heaven? Years ago, uh, uh, focus on the family radio program. Dr. James Dobson, Alicia and I've listened to them, supported them for years and years and years. And uh, Dr. Dobson was on, and, and this was a long time ago. All my kids were little at this point. Never forgotten this story, though. At that time, Dr. Dobson's son, Ryan, was about three years old. And he said he was watching out the kitchen window one day out into their driveway, and he watched little Ryan, three years old, wander out into the driveway. He's got little jeans on, little cowboy boots on, just kind of wander out in the driveway. And they had a pickup truck sitting in their driveway, and the, the tailgate was down. So Ryan went over to it, just a little three-year-old little man, and he crawled up on there and he got as far as he could and he got stuck right about the belt. And he couldn't go up and he couldn't get down. And Dr. Dobson watched him and he's trying, he's struggling to get up and he's trying to get back down. He just couldn't do it. And then finally, he just did the way, hey, somebody help the boy. Sometimes I feel like I'm the boy. (laughs) Do you ever feel like you're the boy or you're the girl? And that's what we have is some help. He needed some help from beyond himself. Because I'm telling you what, we get stuck all over the place. But God sends the Holy Spirit to help us with this. Now, real quick. And we've been talking about this a little bit on Wednesday nights. First Peter says this. You should always be ready. Always be ready to anybody who would ask you to be able to give them a reason for the hope that you have in you. Do you know what sticks out to me in that? It must have been obvious that you had hope. Because in a crazy world that's on a slide, somebody noticed something about a believer. How can you have hope? How is it that you could be strong and have some peace and with all this going on and even what's going on in your life, how... How can you do that? How can you have it? You've got to be ready to give a reason for that. I think real deal believers that know heaven is our home, but we know as citizens of heaven, God is with us, helping us right now while we're still on this planet. I think hope should be evident in our lives. Now listen to this. The life that a Christian lives in the presence of a non-Christian, an unbeliever, serves as a preview. Serves as a preview so that People looking at your life that are not Christians looking at your life. It serves as a preview. And they're saying, if I become a Christian, then that's what I'm going to, that's what my life will be like. That's a powerful thing. But you know what else? That's a scary thing. And I'm going to make you a promise. Hear me. If you live your life and you're legalistic and condemning and self-righteous, I'm going to promise you something. An unbeliever that watches your life will not. I don't want to be that. Because your life serves as a preview. And they say, if I become a Christian, then I'm going to become like that. And if you're legalistic and and condemning and religious and rigid and self-righteous, forget it. Let's take it a little bit further because you say, well, I'm none of those things. But, But what about this? What if you live your life and you're whiny? And you complain all the time and you're negative and you're powerless and you're hopeless and you got your little tail tucked. Your life is a preview. And other people looking at your life, they're going to see your life and you're going to say, you know what? If I become a Christian, I'm going to become like that. I don't want to become a Christian. 
So you know what? While we're here, heaven's our home. We're not home yet. But God hadn't forgot about you. He didn't leave you here and forgot you. Have you ever grown up, your parents forgot you somewhere? I worked at a gas station in high school, and twice this happened. And this is before cell phones. This was last century. They'd get a half hour away and then realize, we left Junior. God is not Junior. And when we call out, hey, somebody help the boy. He's ready to help you. And knowing that we have this help, we have full provision, a heavenly father, a family of God to cheer you on, to strengthen you. And the Holy Spirit, help from heaven to come into our life. I challenge you. I charge you as citizens of heaven traveling on this planet. Hold your head up. Don't project perfection. But show the hope, show the peace. Let the Holy Spirit help you no matter what you're going through. You can keep joy, you can be resilient, you can be a happiest person somebody knows. Going through something terribly hard. God will help you. And then not only do you somewhat enjoy the journey, your life is going to serve as a wonderful preview for others. You and I have both done it. You go to the movies and they say the movie starts at 10 after. We got 15, 20 minutes of preview. And what do you do during the previews? I'd never go see that. That is so stupid. How much money did they spend on that? Who had the audacity to have that idea and say, hey, I got a great idea. And they made it into me. That is dumb. I do that. And then one hits you. And you either laugh so hard a preview, laugh so hard or it touches you. And you go, we're coming to see that thing. And you know what? Your life is that kind of preview. This world is not our home. Heaven's our home. Our citizenship is in heaven. And in the meantime, we're going to carry ourselves, church. We're going to carry ourselves like citizens of heaven. And then one day, we're either going to die or we're going to fly. And then we go home. But get this. And in the meantime, let's make it our business to help some other people find their way home. Amen. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this today?